To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 43. That's right, 43. I remember this time. time. (laughs) Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, thanks. But we are back, Opinated Benchwarmers. I'm here with Carlos and Ramon. What's happening with y'all fellas? It's time to get into it. I know last episode we promised it would be a fantasy-heavy podcast, and this time we mean it for real. Yeah, you're going to deliver on that promise. Yeah, it was a lot of NBA storylines that we had to cover that became a little more interesting than I thought. But how y'all feeling, man? I'm feeling great as always, coming to y'all from San Antonio, man, as always, feeling good, living good, ready to talk fantasy football, this is our last Sunday, our last Sunday, till February with football, so I'm excited. Way way to set them up, love, way to set them up. Right, right, like you said, man, I'm I'm excited, ready to record again, Um, like you said, we're going to actually stick to it this time, actually make this a fantasy heavy episode. So I encourage y'all to really be listening. You got a pen and pad, take notes. You got your phone, take notes, because you might need it for whenever your draft is coming up. Uh, We're going to have some good information for you. So I'm ready to run it, bro. Yeah, man. Uh, We appreciate the listeners as always. We're not really numbers guys, but not to to humbly brag. Our numbers are going up, fellas, you know. Yeah, that's good, uh, We appreciate y'all. Yeah, we appreciate all the love and the listeners for sticking with us. It just shows you what consistency can do. Uh, I keep telling y'all that we have some big things coming up. We do. So, you know, just stay, you know, stay loyal. Tell a friend. Tell anybody that you think loves sports, you know, and uh, that you found a new sports podcast and that you think it's hot, man. We appreciate all the love. If you ever listen to us, if you ever subscribe to us, if you ever left a comment on our IG, whatever, DM does showing us love. If you ever told me in person that you enjoy listening to this, we appreciate it. And we're going to keep it going. So, uh, without further ado, let's give it to you. Fantasy. So, what we want to start. I think I want to start where, you know, Lowe's brought up an interesting little subject. Was that, who are the players in the draft to stay away from? I know last episode we talked about the top 10 running backs in the league. And that's what we believed in. But now, before we transition into wide receiver positions and quarterback rankings, let's talk about some players, just regardless of position, who you would like to stay away from. And I'll let you have the floor, Los. Uh, so just looking at it myself, um, you know, always, you know, we talk about this and we talk about draft strategies, you know, absolutely stay, stay away from, uh, you know, quarterbacks. Let's go with just not – a specific name but a specific position um i like to stay away from quarterbacks in my first uh eight seven to eight rounds you know unless somebody really good falls to me in those rounds um i like to really stack up my running backs my wide receivers my skill positions those positions where there's multiple you know um multiple of that position in the starting lineup so most you know the the generic uh or the general um uh, fantasy starting lineup has two running backs two wide receivers so i like to stack up on those you know more uh more of those to have down the road i don't like to go for a tight end first round usually unless again somebody really good falls to, or i really don't like to go for a tight end in the first three four rounds unless somebody good falls to me so you know uh, so really and truly i'm staying away from travis kelsey in the first round i know that's not a popular opinion but you know if I can avoid it, I'm staying away from so, Travis Kelsey. So, let's talk about that. Travis Kelsey, that's one of the players, top one of the top pass catchers in general, yeah. regardless of wide receiver or tight end. 
the top tight end in the league now since Grunk has retired and has been for the past few seasons. I mean, you look at what, what Travis has done. I mean, shoot, three 1,000-yard se- uh, seasons, you know, and he's getting 100 targets a year. So, I mean, speak, just speak on that. That's really big that you said stay away from Travis Kelsey early in rounds. Are you saying stay away from him in general or just early? No, no, no let me clear that up. So, I think I'm not saying that Travis Kelsey is not a good uh, fantasy pick. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that. I'm just saying how I like to build my roster is I would like to take a chance on somebody later who has a more more of an option. I look at it this way. You take a Travis Kelsey first, first round, yes. You know, he's probably the best tight end in the game. But when you're going up and you're playing matchups against another team, um, you're going to play face maybe Travis Kelsey once or maybe twice during the season where that player has an advantage over you, um, you know, during that, that current week. So, you you know, if you look at it and you play the matchups, I would rather say, hey, I'll take a shot on one of those later tight ends that can, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely give me that advantage and maybe luckily beat Travis Kelsey. Or if not, don't beat them. Maybe I have a better running back and better receivers because I better balanced out my roster to go against that roster that, you know, decided to take Travis Kelsey and now are weaker in the other spots that I'm stronger. Because, mm. again, I'm looking at the lineup. And it depends on the lineup. format too, right? Because if you, if you have like a, a – if you're in a league that has multiple flexes in, or if you have leagues that allow two tiny yeah, sets, it may be an advantage – but we're talking on you're talking on more of the standard format where you only have one tight end, one flex. So you know, just to you know, let the listeners know about that. So no, I, absolutely. I, but I agree with you. I've never been in favor of taking a tight end early. And like you said, tight end. I mean, uh, Travis Kelsey is very popular in the first rounds, and a lot of people. I've done some mock drafts, and a lot, and a, a, quite a few people, to my surprise, are taking Travis Kelsey early. But like you said, taking a tight end in the first round, even when Grunk was high. It, you know, I, I always waited till the mid-second round. If he fell to me in the late mid-second round, I'd go ahead and take him. But, you know, it just taking him in the first round, it, I don't like taking a tight end in the no, first round. I, so. I think really, yeah, your first round, really, you're going to see a string of running backs, obviously. Those, that's probably your most valuable position. And then your upper echelon wide receivers as far as your D-hops of the world and, you know, potentially your Odell's or those type of guys. That's yeah. really your first-round talent. So, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't go tight in either. So, Lowe's, that's where you at with it? Travis Kelsey. Okay. Um, that's I, 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 pre- I, I appreciate that answer because, you know, when you look at what Travis Kelsey has done for the past, like, five years, you know, four or five years he's been targeted 100 times. So, that lets me know that he's a favorable target. Now, he has, in that, in that four-year span, has transitioned from quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But uh, even Pat Mahomes haven't shied away from targeting him either. So, you know, Travis Kelsey, he's a great pick. But a lot of people, you know, kind of like that name value type thing. You know, now my my rule of thumb, like I told y'all guys last year, I like to have a piece of every dominant offense in the NFL. And he is a part of one of the top three offenses in the NFL. But like you said, I mean, he's a tight end. So, I mean, you can get, you know – I mean, Hunter Henry is, is not going to be on anybody's radar early in rounds because no one has seen him in a while because he got hurt way last year in right. preseason. Yeah. But what he did before he went oh, down, you know, so, you know, uh, you know, keep that in mind. You know, if you want to get a Travis Kelsey that early, I mean, it's going to be a lot of people that's going to bite on that Travis Kelsey pick like Carlos alluded to. But, man, Hunter Henry, it probably won't be touched for a while because of people not – Knowing him, plus he don't have a really a big name. If you're not really covering right. the NFL or, or really um, looking at the NFL or really evaluating the NFL closely, that's somebody that can really slide past you. But he's fully healthy now. He's yeah. in camp. So, and and, and you know. another thing to even throw on there, and I don't know if I'm shifting a little bit too quickly from that because as we kind of run through players, I think that even the situation with Melvin Gordon can impact your guy Hunter Henry that you're talking about because – Let's just say Melvin does miss some games or whatever. That just makes Hunter a bigger to me target in that offense right mm-hmm. there. Yeah, right. So, Ramon, you can go. Yeah, you want I me guess, to go next, guess, or you want to go? I, yeah, I guess just saying, just how I was saying it, I might be contradicting myself from the last episode, but I feel like this contract situation may be a difficult situation with Melvin Gordon. And honestly, so I Melvin I Gordon is your play. Okay, Melvin Gordon. Honestly, okay, um, I would maybe look for him. Kind of later, but we saw even 
leading up until last year, we thought that maybe they were going to figure out the Le'Veon situation, and we saw that he just was willing to sit out. That never got figured out um, over there in Pittsburgh, and it's seeming like they're acting like the Chargers are going to really dig their heels in in this negotiation. So um, it's seeming like it's very possible that Melvin Gordon can miss some time. And when you're looking at a guy that's really right now being taken in the first round at the latest in the second round, you can't have that type of talent sitting out a game, even a game or two. Like, you can't risk that within fantasy. So if he sits out four games or so, I mean, that's a lot of valuable time. So I would stay away, honestly, from Melvin Gordon. Losa agree with that because he never liked Melvin yeah, Gordon. Yeah, he always <laughs> stay away from Melvin, period. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I agree with him. To me, honestly, I'm not going to say I disagree with you because I see where you're coming from. But me... Contract negotiations don't bother me. Um, I guess I kind of, I'll tell you that back. Because when I think about last year and Le'Veon willing to sit That's out the whole saying. year. I, I think you got to look at the yeah. running back situation too. It seems like two teams, teams are aren't work. Teams aren't really valuing running, running backs. Running back, so they kind of yeah. dig their heels in to me a little bit more yeah. in that position. Yeah. I can see that. they do with other positions. Like they are willing to me. I think and plus Melvin Gordon has, has not proven that he could stay healthy. Yeah. You know, so and so they have other to me talent on that team. Not saying that any of those other backup running backs are obviously on the level of Melvin Gordon, but they do have solid, you know, backups there. Plus, like I said, you get that target back that you were mentioning in Hunter Henry. So that's another. But way. but but comparing him to Le'Veon, because Le'Veon was regarded as the best running back in the league yeah. before he set out last yeah. year. So. I think Le'Veon had way more leverage than Melvin. I mean, than Melvin Gordon does. I don't think anybody's regarding Melvin Gordon as a top five running back. Maybe top ten. Maybe you can make an argument top for top 10. ten. I think he's definitely top ten. You can make an argument for it, but you know, just uh, his availability because the best ability is availability. So to me, he wouldn't be in the top ten. Uh, but you know, I don't think he has as much leverage as it. I think Melvin will be. I think he'll may miss like two preseason games. And then you get him. But then again, Ramon, you could come back and say, look, he's never been healthy. So, you know, him missing that training camp in two games of preseason yeah. would be would leave him subject to yeah. more injuries. So, 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 yeah, that's a good one. Here's, here, here's what I have to say. I think Melvin Gordon doesn't have as much leverage as Le'Veon Bell simply because Le'Veon Bell um, wasn't under contract with the uh, Steelers because he didn't sign his franchise tag. Right now, Melvin Gordon is under contract. That's true. That's so that's true. the that's difference. True. So every game or every practice he missed, he can get fined. So that's yeah. going to start to add up. That's true. And so, that's yes, true. he's playing hardball with them right now, but I think eventually he's not going to set out a full season and get, you know, potentially fined all that money. I think he's playing hardball. Maybe he misses part of the season, of the four or five games, something like that. But again, you know, um, his best case scenario is they end up feeling like they need him. They're losing games, things like that. But if they come out and they're winning without him, he may be in trouble. Yeah, and so that's why I say, like, even, like, a situation like you said like that, let's just say he plays hardball for a few games. In the fantasy season, you know, you can go downhill pretty quickly. So mm, if, you, absolutely. if you've given a first-round pick for a guy like that or even an early second-round pick for a guy like Melvin Gordon and you don't have that talent available to you the first couple of weeks of the season, you could be in trouble very quickly. So I, for me personally at this point, now nah, I think okay. I would stay I don't, Okay. I don't, I don't see how you can touch right now with his current status if he doesn't play. Or if he doesn't sign by the uh, the third preseason game, I really don't see how you touch him in the first three or four rounds. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I can see that. Well, that leads to me. I think the player that everyone should stay away from, it shouldn't be no surprise or any type of, I don't know, I guess any type of evaluation, but that's A.J. Green. Oh, yeah. I thought that he was one of those players that I was going to stay away from before the report came out that he had torn ligaments in his ankle. And I hope for a speedy recovery because he's a great talent. And I hate how his career trajectory has went down because he's one of the top five receivers in the league. But I just wanted to stay away from A.J. Green just because of his prior injury history. And it just seems as though he's on a decline as far as injury-wise. He's never been a big receiver. He's been tall but not really that big. But the injuries are alarming to me. Plus the emergence of Tyler Board. Boyd, I mean, what a, Tyler Boyd, you know, I think it is taken away from uh, <laughs> has taken away from uh, AJ Green's uh, effectiveness because I mean, at first he was the guy, 
you know, who he had, Hoosman Zada to challenge him. Tyler Eifert when he's on yeah. the field, but he's mostly hurt. So, I mean, the, the emergence of Tyler Boyd, you know, it kind of took away from his targets a little bit. But, you know, now that he's been injured, that's somebody, you know, that's probably like a second-round player that I wouldn't even consider, you know, I know guys are going to take some chances out of him. He's, they say that he's projected to be out uh, six to eight weeks. But, you know, receivers rely on their ankles and their legs and their knees. When it comes to an injury like that, it's just very tricky. So when they say six to eight weeks, I'm going to multiply that times two. So, you know, that pushes him to maybe be back around November, December in my in my eyes because it's going to be time they're going to put him on a pitch count. Either way, he's not going to be an effective player in fantasy. But I know that there are some greedy, salivating fantasy players that's going to see A.J. Green sitting there in the eighth or ninth round. They're going to jump on it. And that's a waste because there's still great talent out there in the eighth and ninth round to me. So I stay away from A.J. Green. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think, like you said, a lot of people, I don't even think he gets to the eighth round. You're going to have somebody that <laughs> yeah. sees the name, the name value, yeah. especially if you're 12-man league. You know, you're going to see somebody with the name value and they're going to, you know, they're going to be like, oh, you know, he can be a nice, you know, pick late. I mean, you know, for when he come back. But you really just don't have time to wait on those type of players. There's no value. What, what you, yeah. yeah, what you're going to have with A.J. Green is you're going to have two scenarios of people taking them. People that don't pay attention enough and just uh, play fantasy for the heck of it. They may not even know he hurt at this point, honestly. Then you're going to have those guys that feel like they just too savvy, like, Okay, watch yeah. what I do. I'm gonna grab AJ Green. Yeah. Grab. I hope they do. I hope somebody in my league do. I hope. I hope nobody in our league listens to our podcast. Yeah. So you gonna have <laughs> that type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. It's just unfortunate because even like I said before the injury, I was staying away from him. Like this segment would have been the exact same way if he wouldn't have gotten hurt. Just because his production, I see, is dropping. He's, he's not proving that he can be healthy at this point. He's a monster when he's out there and healthy, but he's proving that he, he hasn't been healthy. But moving along, you know, which is a good transition because I just kind of want to talk about Tyler Boyd because uh, as we get into these wide receiver rankings, I actually had A.J. Green in my top ten. Wow. And, and, and I, I, did. I did. I did. I did. I did have him in my, in my top ten rankings. But uh, we'll get into that in a second. But – does that make Tyler Boyd? Does that does he seep into your top ten rankings? Let me just tell you a little bit about him. I know y'all guys know. I mean, in his third season, he was able to catch over a thousand yards re- receiving. Uh, he had seventy six receptions and he had seven touchdowns. Uh, he came out of nowhere. Uh, he he helped a lot of people win fantasy championships because they was able to either pick him off waivers or you know some of the savvy players may have picked him with their with their last you know couple picks in the draft. But, you know, Tyler Boyd came out of nowhere you know, to a lot of people. And, you know, he's proven that he can be that guy because he, he really shouldered the weight when A.J. was out. So does that creep Tyler Boyd into your top ten in the rankings? Or, you know, are you targeting him in, in later rounds? So, um, for me, it doesn't because um, I'm the guy that I look at the deeper fantasy stats. And so I looked at his splits with and without A.J. Green um, and he actually does worse without A.J. Green. And what that means is Tyler Boyd doesn't mean Tyler Boyd is not a great player. It just means Tyler Boyd is not a number one receiver. And so that doesn't creep him in my top ten. I just think he needs that second guy on the field to take away the heat from him. He's not the guy that's going to beat double teams. He's a guy that's going to beat his one-on-one coverage. And so with his, you know, his splits last year, it, it, his fantasy points were down in PPR leagues four to five points. You know, when A.J. Green missed games last year. And so it's kind of um, concerning. You know, it really does not help his fantasy value, in my opinion. And the stats show it. That, that's very interesting because, um, honestly, like, I'm going to just be honest with it. I hadn't looked at the splits. So my first, you know, point of view is going to mm. be that this is more opportunity for him. A lot of people would. To really yeah. eat. A lot but of people to, So that's very good insight right there, Lois. Um, but to be, to be honest, I can see that sometimes people – thrive when they have just those one-on-one matchups or they send the second best corner or something like that as opposed to now he's going to be seeing number one guys pretty much throughout the course of the season so you really may see 
benefit from other guys actually on the the Bengals team. I, mean, I don't know if, if John Ross is ever going to break out or what. I don't know. But I'm saying you may see benefit from other guys other than Tyler because he may have one now that number one corner and DB coming at him. So, honestly, that was good to even hear right there because I hadn't looked at the splits, honestly. Oh, so, so you listen so to the podcast. I listen to the podcast while I'm <laughs> So, it's with his numbers, with A.J. Green last year, he averaged 6.1 receptions. Without, he averaged 4.2. Um, with A.J. Green last year, he had um, um, 14.4 point, uh, points per game. And without, he had 10.7. So, you know, that shows it right there that, again, with A.J. Green, he's a better player. You know, it opens up things. The offense opens up for other players when A.J. Green is on the on the field. So, and, and another rarely of having him, you know. And a disclaimer, we're talking about PPR League. So if you're listening mm-hmm. for standard advice, it, it's still beneficial to listen. <laughs> right. But we are a PPR League discussion, and we are PPR League evaluators. But I, I think... Instead of playing PPR, you still playing Yeah, because PPR is way better hey, and entertaining. I want to say this, you know, from last episode when you guys mentioned that. That's a good point. You know, um, even NFL.com has now moved PPR to their standard leagues. It's the yeah. standard league now. It's like when you do mock drafts and everything, it's now called the... Before the default leagues were the non-PPR leagues. Now the PPR leagues are now the standard. So if you're not doing PPR, it's time to get get with right. get with the times. And yeah. I think the main thing, not to not to stay on this too long or whatever, but I think the main thing people are just kind of resistant to change, so they've gotten used to playing standard. We were like that, honestly, right before we were moving to PPR. I mean, we've been on PPR for a while, but we were like, mm, I don't know about that. And then we moved, and it was the best decision that we ever yeah, made. PPR is way better. So real, real, real quick. You know, I'm sorry. I don't want, like you said, now that we're doing this trend, another thing that I've seen, I'm, I can see us doing this years down the road, and uh, we can say this now, episode 43, now people are moving without the kicker and add, add an extra flex position. I don't think we're ready for that yet that. in our leagues, but that is the new trend now. People are getting away from the kickers because it's so unpredictable with kickers and moving to an extra flex But that's what makes it fun, you, though. That's how you tweet about that, Lowe. But that's what makes it fun, though. Like, I think that, you know, fantasy is fantasy, of course, but, like, at the end of the day, you kind of wanted to kind of at least a, a percentage mirror on another team. Like, when you have a kicker on the field, you know, when you have a kicker on the field, you know, you don't know what he's going to do in real life. Neither do you know in fantasy. So, I, I, I mean, I don't like the idea of getting away from the kicker, bro. I, I just really don't like it. And plus, it, it really kind of gives – uh, unsavvy fantasy players, you know, it, it kind of makes them, it puts them in a position to where they don't have to think or strategize because if I got a third flex in it, you know, I can draft, just draft, you know, a bunch of players and I may not know where they fit in it, but, you know, it's the real savvy ones that can really kind of, you know, see who they're going to put in yeah, in these lineups. I can see both sides of it. So there's two arguments and we talked about this a little bit through our group text yeah. message. And I want to kind of save it for the pie. So there's that side of it where, you know, there's a savvy side where they really have to make that decision. And there's a side where if you draft really well and you do your homework or you pick up on the waiver wire, you have a deep team to add those players and you will have an overall better team to put us at flex position. So there's two sides of it. I get both sides of it. I'm like on the fence with it, so it really doesn't matter to me. But I just really think that, you know, to me – you know, if it was my choice, you know, I would like to have more. I would like to see more players in my starting lineup just for the fun aspect of seeing more players play. Yeah, I I, I, I see that, but then again, you got to have like a a a, a limit. You know, what I'm saying yeah. like you just like you know like it ha- you can't have all just play running backs, quarterbacks. Like, what kick are you gonna get? Like, what defense are you gonna? Well, get? I think you know. Yeah, but I still think what he's saying is that like. The kicker position, they just feeling like it's almost pointless in fantasy at this point. That's, I don't think that's so. That's how a lot of people view it. I won in my championship year. It was it was because I had uh, the kicker from uh, Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I even when we did, talked about this in the in the group text, like you said, I presented both sides of the argument as well and said that pretty much I'm indifferent on it. So if I'm in a league that has an extra flex spot. I'm all for it because I can see that side. But if it doesn't, I can see that side as well, strategy-wise, of saying that, hey, you got to figure out, you know, who you're going to decide to play versus bench as opposed to having as many people. So, I mean, I can see both, and I think both are interesting. So, 
I would maybe be up to see what it is, you know, like one year with that flex position um, because so many other times we've been kind of resistant to change and then we've had the change and the change has actually been beneficial for even our league personally. So maybe we don't even get rid of like the kicker. We don't necessarily have to get rid of the kicker. You know, it's. It, I mean, there's different ways to play it, you know, but, again, this is down the road. You know, we already pretty much set what we're doing this year in our league, and, uh, you know, we've been successful, and our league is probably one of the most competitive leagues that we have out there. Yeah. And so, I mean, that, I'm satisfied with our league. Yeah, so just, just take that even listeners-wise. It's just another thing to think about as you're setting up your leagues, if you're the commissioner of your league and you're trying to think of kind of new ideas or maybe a way you want to change it up or you feel that, things have kind of gotten stale in your league, then maybe you do go this way of removing the kicker, adding another flex, or keeping the kicker, adding a flex, or if you're on standard, actually doing PPR, you know, just think of those things as you're going through it. But, I mean, that was, you know, cool, but, you know, we can go on and move on from that. So we're ready to comment on the top 10 receivers in PPR fantasy leagues. We could just do it like we did it last episode with the running backs. We could just do it uh, Red Robin style of who we think is the number one. If we all agree, we can maybe come in for a few seconds and move on. Uh, so we'll, I just start off with number one like I did last time, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think I get Easy. any. Easy. We all agree. Yeah, I don't think I get any <laughs> argument. I mean, he, Deshaun Watson is coming along really good. They proved it last year that they can be a, a dangerous tandem. But Deshaun Watson, man, you know, we're going to get into quarterback rankings, but he got to be, you know, top five, you know, in my eyes because of how he's progressed and, you know, the type of offense that they're running. Plus, he has two weapons. He got DeAndre Hopkins, and then he got uh, the guy out of uh, Notre Notre Dame. Come on, Lois. I know you know him. Saquon Barkley? No. No. You talking about Deshaun no, Watson? Deshaun Watson, <laughs> right? He, just, oh, he got Saquon on his team, so that's the the, the that's all I care about at this point. Nah, but he fantasy threat. What's fantasy his name? And he just think of, what's his oh, name? You talking about receiver? Yeah. Oh, Will yeah, Will Fuller. You know, Will yeah. Fuller before he got hurt, he was definitely a WR too. So you know, you know, D Hop, you know. You know he's he's a, he's up there, man. He's number one. To yeah, me. He's, he's number one. I don't yeah. think we have to really even dispute that. All right, that so everybody said, so I'll move on to number I two. Think this is where it may get into. Yeah, Antonio Brown. Uh, if you've done, <laughs> if you've done what he what he's done in the past a few seasons, it's no way he can't be up there in at that number two spot. He's had, you know, I think last year was the first year year in like two seasons that he hasn't had a hundred over a hundred receptions. You know, he's a he, but he still, I think he had he was second in touchdown receptions last year. Uh, the amount of yards he got. Now you you got a younger quarterback who's mobile. Man. So I have a question. You know, you, you know, so, I mean, and got a bullet over on him just like Ben had. Definitely, I, I have him as a number two receiver. I have a question for you, Rob. That's interesting. That's probably the first highest I've seen him rank. But so you tell me the first five quarter. I'm sorry, running backs go off the board. You're in the draft position, right? You in your draft. First five running backs go off the board. Then DeAndre Hopkins goes off at six, right? Mm-hmm. So you got Le'Veon Bell, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham out there, and um, AB. You take an AB over those guys? Over oh, Michael Thomas and all of those other guys? Yeah. Over Michael Thomas, I feel, Odell, yeah, and Le'Veon. I feel comfortable doing it. Wow, wow. I don't understand wow. why people think just because he had a team change that the talent is going to change, and he didn't. Ha- he hasn't declined at the quarterback position. Yeah. If anything, he might have gotten but, a better quarterback. All right, what I would caution you on just a little bit is let's think of the volatility of um, why am I forgetting his name? Now, the guy that came from Alabama, he's with the Cowboys now, Amari Cooper. Yeah. Think about the volatility of him being the number one target over there in Oakland with uh, Carr over there. Are we comparing yeah. Amari Cooper to nah, Antonio Brown? But this, this, I know. I, That's I not, feel what you're saying. No, saying. I feel what you're saying there. But look at the Amari Cooper that went to Dallas and the impact that he had there. 
as opposed to how up and down that was over there. With I'm Cole. not. I'm not rolling. Antonio yeah. Brown is way more talented than Amari. So, Cole. so, so Antonio Brown was your number two receiver last year in Pittsburgh when he was in a in a position where you know being with four speed Antonio for a while. Now I know Juju did come up, so that'll probably be your counter argument there. But a uh, quarterback that he had rapport with that he was force fed for years, and you. He still was effective because he still was in double-digit touchdowns last year. And that's what you want as a fantasy player. Mm-hmm. You want touchdowns. Like, forget yards, forget receptions. You want touchdowns. And I don't think that's going to I don't think that's gonna go down this year. That's interesting. I, I got a bold prediction. Man, he had 15 touchdowns last year. I mean, we acting like he – What are you, Man, what are we talking about, bro? Like, I, I know – I realize Antonio Brown has been – Antonio Brown has been, you know, great for the past, like, Six years, realistically, since like 2014, realistically, and now at this point he's been so good that he's a, like a second thought. But he just he had 15 touchdowns last year. I mean, yeah, at the league. So I mean, I, I don't understand why just because he had a, a scenery change that it would change. And Amari Cooper, like I understand well, that point, but he's yeah. made more talented than Amari yeah. Cooper. Yeah. But still, I think you still can't undersell a scenery change as well. I think you can't undersell that. Him having to build rapport with another QB, like, I think that you can't then he, undersell Then he it. wants to be there, and you see Carr and him already have a rapport. I mean, he's in a better situation. He's motivated to play, and he's motivated by people saying the things that y'all are saying right now. They're thinking that he's taking a step back or thinking that the change of scenery is going to hurt him. I think Antonio Brown goes out there motivated and be the Antonio Brown that he's always been. But if he follows those later on in my league, I'm taking him. I don't care. I know he's going to fall. So that's fine. I mean, y'all have to think he's wow. a number two receiver. No, nah, don't let him fall. Wow. I take hope you're right in the middle of the rounds. And I hope he's, he, he's, he's there. Because, again, right now, I don't think Antonio Brown finished as a top five receiver in fantasy football. All right, we'll see. I, I know whoever drafts him is going to get a great reward because I think that you can wait on Tana, Antonio Brown because he's ranked so low. And I think I'm one of the few fantasy players that rank him so high, but I just can't discount it. He's just coming off a 15-yard season after not having the most receptions on the team. What I said? You said 15-yard season. Oh, <laughs> you, 15, you, know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I'm just cleaning up for but the But anyway, yeah, so we are number two, Los. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my number two would be uh, no other than the Odell Beckham. And the reason I got Odell Beckham there is because um, I like I like the talent. You know, he's not an aging receiver like AB. You know what I'm saying? He's a receiver that is in – you can argue that he's with a quarterback, the best quarterback he's had in his career, and that's college and NFL. Um, and so, you know, you've seen the plays that he's been showing up um, at practice so far. Um, and I think that chemistry is really building with him and uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, and not to mention that that team has weapons. So he doesn't have to be the guy that's, you know, constantly double. They have Jarvis Landry, you know what I'm saying? They have Nick Chubb, you know, they have Najoku at tight end. So I think that's going to get a lot of one-on-one matchups um, with Odell. And you know Odell one-on-one matchups, you know, he's he's pretty much unguardable. So, again, I think Odell is an easy number two receiver. Yeah, I'm, I have the same thing at number two. I have Odell sitting there. Um, as I've said in previous podcasts, I think talent-wise, he'll show that he's the number one receiver in the league this year as far as to me talent-wise. I mean, I know D-Hop, we got him as the obvious number one fantasy, but I'm partial to Odell being the like best receiver in the league. Um, and I think that he'll really have a chance to show that. Like you said, he's going to face more single coverage than he's seen so far in his career. He's also going to have a quarterback that can actually get the ball to him on the deep ball. Think about how many times Odell has been open going 40, 50, 60 yards down the field and Eli couldn't get it to him pinpoint, and I think Baker will be able to do that. So you're going to see some very explosive games from Odell out there. I think you'll even see his touchdown count go up um, as well. So. I'm expecting a big year from him. So, yeah, I like Odell uh, tagged along with uh, with Baker Mayfield. I think you know he's gonna have he's with somebody that can get him. Just like you said, Ramon. You know, even if you watch him, you know, not on TV, but you watch him in person, you know, it's times where he beating double coverage, sometimes even triple coverage because he's so fast and explosive. Right. So it's gonna be fun to see somebody that can actually get the ball out there to him. So that brings us to number three. I got. For number three, I got Julio Jones. Uh, is it 
I mean, do I have to say more? I mean, he he's a he's a hog. I mean, he's known for not getting many touchdowns. That started to change later in the year. <laughs> yes. uh, but you got a guy that came out one of the best positional players in the league saying that he, he that he gonna get three thousand yards receiving. I gotta believe him. Now, do I think he's gonna get three thousand? No, but I mean, if you striving or shooting for three thousand, you gotta fall right into a monster year somewhere around there. So I like Julio. I think that he's always been a great receiver. You know the catches. I mean, if, if the guy can get you 10 catches, like 150 yards receiving, get you 20 points in PPR without a touchdown, imagine if you just say, hey, look, maybe this year he will get more touchdowns. Maybe they will shift the offense to make sure that he's getting touchdowns. They started to do that towards the end of the season last year, so maybe the Falcons have figured it out offensively to get him more touchdown scored which pushes him over the top as a fantasy football player. That's the only thing that's missing out of Julio yeah, is that he doesn't true. get too down. Yeah, so. Where you at with those? Uh, so my number – oh, I'm sorry. We still – you said your number two, right? Was no, number three. Three, number three. I'm sorry. Okay, so number three, my number three is Devontae Adams. Bro, stop taking my rankings, Los. <laughs> I can't speak like, first on the I talked with a guy last week that said Devontae Adams is not even a top five receiver. What? Wow. What? Wow. Well, you talking about fantasy? Well, I can see in life in in the league right now. In life, as far as talent, I wouldn't have him top five talent. But as far as like fantasy, uh, no, he said even go to the extent of saying top ten, top ten talent. Because I was like, okay, he named five receivers. I was like, okay, I got you. Top ten. He's like, no, he's not even top okay, ten. Okay, he's top ten talent, and he's definitely For sure. easy top five fantasy. Especially, but but, but yeah, long you while going your explanation. What he had like thirteen touchdowns last yeah, year. Thirteen touchdowns. <laughs> You know, over thirteen hundred yards, almost fourteen hundred yards. But yeah, Lowe's, you still keep taking my rankings, bro. Yeah, I draft the same. I'm sorry, bro. So you got you know Devontae Adams. You know he's not like the biggest receiver, six one, two hundred and twelve pounds. Um, he's currently his average uh, ADP is so first round uh, eighth pick, around the eighth ninth pick. Um, so he's still a first round talent in fantasy football. But I, you just have to look at his situation right now. So he had a situation now where. You know, Randall Cobb is no longer on that team, um, and he's he's the best quarterback in the game, arguably the best quarterback in the game's number one target on that team. On a team that has been has um, has the, one of the least uh, like bottom third um, rushing touchdowns at the goal line because Aaron Rodgers loved to throw uh, those fade routes or those slants at the goal line. So again, he's a touchdown heavy uh, fantasy option, and he's. You know, Aaron Rodgers, number one um, receiver. So I like him a lot, you know, and I think he, he, he can be special. You know, he was one of those guys where, you know, years previously where he wasn't talked about, you know, extremely, I mean, a lot where you can get him actually as your wide receiver two. Those days are gone now. Now he's definitely your wide receiver one on your team, um, you know, and I, he definitely deserves it. Yeah, I, I you just saying, I just completely agree with that, man. I think that he's actually coming into his prime. Um, I think you're just going to see even a, a, a numbers spike even more this year. And last year, he was uh, extreme. Like I talk about the 1,300 yards. I mean, basically at 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, over 100 receptions, about 111 receptions. So, yeah, that's that's definitely, I think, Warren's top three wide receiver this year. Over Julio. Huh. Yeah, over Julio. Because of the touchdowns, man. The touchdowns. Go ahead. What did what? I think Julio finished last year with like was it three? Am I am I right? Like three or four. Three or four touchdowns. Uh-huh. So Who? you talk Julio. Oh yeah. So yeah. think about your point earlier that you were saying. You know how much touchdown means. That's your big point with AB about his fifteen touchdowns. So I think that when you look at a, a ten touchdown difference, Julio obviously is going to give you those games where he comes out and just as a monster and is going to go for three hundred yards receiving. But I just think, first of all, I think that... He finished with eight touchdowns. He finished with eight? Yeah. Okay, I don't know why. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, towards the end of the year, you know, because the narrative was, like, when the season first started, you know, he's not really a touchdown-heavy person. But then, like, towards the end of the season, he really started, like, getting touchdowns. the year before he had three. That's when. Yeah, the year before. So... It, it's kind of like, I don't know, you know, with that progression to eight, it do seem like this was a focus for Atlanta. And it seems like Julio is motivated more than ever. So I, I don't know if the offense will shift. You know, you are taking the chance, I guess. But eight touchdowns is pretty serviceable. No, that's solid. Yeah. Eight touchdowns is So that's, that's why, I, you know, Devontae, yeah, is that 14 touchdowns a fluke? 13 touchdowns a fluke? I don't think so. I don't know. 
but the verdict is out. Looking, yeah, I think you're looking but, at a receiver that's just getting to his prime. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, prior to that, prior to last year, his first time having that monster year, you know. But it is what it is. I, I can see it. So you, yours is three two as well. Devontae's three for you too, Ramon. Yeah. All right. So four, I got Odell Beckham for reasons obviously stated. I expect him to have a big year with Baker Mayfield. If Odell's there, you know, make sure that you take him after the running backs are gone because, you know, he's he's special, man. Like I was telling you the other day, the way he plays, the way he moves on the field, you just feel like when he gets the ball in his hands, you just feel like something special is going to happen every time. Uh, he's actually – he's evolved the game. He's one of those transitional talents that he's evolved the game with his one-hand catches and the way that he attacks the, you know, way his, his route running, his style that he, that he runs with. He's an exciting player. So, yeah, I got Odell Beckham in four. Uh, at four, I got uh, no other than the Michael Thomas out of Ohio State. You know, the 6'3", <laughs> the 212. Um, you know, 6'3", 212-pound receiver. You know, and I think, you know, this is not stated a lot, but, yeah. you know, I think – that Saints offense is now has, you know, some, 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 you know, they have their two main guys in Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, you know, um, and, you know, you can throw Traquan and all those other guys in there. But I think Michael Thomas is that one guy that consistently gets you points week in and week out, um, you know, and that offense has been one of the most efficient offices in the game. I think they had the most, the highest scoring um, touchdown rate last year, you know, you can probably expect that to dip just a little bit, you know, it's kind of hard to keep up that touchdown rate that that team has had, um, just historically looking at the numbers, but again, I like Michael Thomas um, to, again, lead the Saints in targets and touchdown, receiving touchdowns, and again, you in a top offense like that, you right. want the top receiver. I mean, 125 receptions last year, yeah. I mean, the way he performed in the playoff games this year, he's a he's a beast. He's a top five receiver in this league. I like Michael Thomas a lot. I'm a Saints fan, so you know. Yeah, I mean, I think we can move on. You saw me show you yeah. my list. And Ramon, I, Ramon got Michael Thomas. Thomas so like, I have Michael Thomas. At, I have Michael Thomas at five. So okay. I mean, we just talked about Michael Thomas. There's no need to speak on him more. I do think that his contract situation is a little scary for me. But one thing I noticed about, I mean, he had 149 targets in 2017. He had 147 targets this year. When Drew Brees loves you as a as a target, he loves you. If you look at some of the historical seasons Jimmy Graham has had, in times where I, I as a guy that watched every Saints game and how frustrated I used to be when he used to force feed Jimmy Graham, that's what Michael Thomas is to Drew Brees. So don't undervalue Michael Thomas. Think about how relevant Drew Brees had Marcus Colson as a fantasy guy. And we exactly. know that Michael Thomas is, to me, much more talented than yeah. Colson. That's not a shot at Colson. Yeah. That's just talking about how talented Michael Thomas yeah. is. So. so go ahead, Los, where your five at? My five, and this is where I finally, um, I'm going to slip in uh, Julio Jones here. You know, we talked say? about him and his talent. <laughs> but again, you I, and Ramon just, again on track, man. You you, you must got Ramon listening. <laughs> yeah. Did I mistakenly send you my list or something, bro? Yeah, I had your phone, bro. I don't your ranking. Yeah, I, I mean, Julio, we, we talked about Julio, so I mean, we could move on. Hey, we get, at least that's making us get yeah, through the rankings quicker. Rankings, yeah. All right, so at number six, I got Devontae Adams. We already talked about about her. Okay. For six for me, um, at this spot, I think this is where we're going to change a little bit. But I'm actually very high on Tyreek Hill. <laughs> well, you got him now? No, I don't have him. Talk about the speedster. Talk about the speedster. So, yeah, Tariq Hill, you know, a guy that originally wasn't in my top 10 going into the season for, you know, reasons with, you know, the law and all that stuff. I so smashed that. Stuff. You remember when I t- uh, picked up Tariq Hill off waivers and I won a championship that year? Yes, yes, I remember <laughs> that. was a smash pick. And uh, people forget, man. People have a short memory, and he, I don't know if he has this bad negative energy around him because of that, or if people still fear that he may get suspended if some other stuff kind of come out or leak. But again, right now, the league is saying he's not going to be suspended. And you got to look at right between him and, um, you know, and Travis Kelsey on that Kansas City Chiefs team that's very explosive. And, you know, Tariq Hill being explosive. And if you're in a league where, you know, you get extra points for, um, you know, return touchdowns and, uh, you know, those gadget plays, things like that, 
he's a guy that's going to constantly get, get get the ball in space and you know he could even a receiver down the field he's not just a gadget guy and so he's one of those exciting guys that if you can end up grabbing him especially as a wide receiver too maybe on that turn you know get a top one of those top receivers and he falls to that second round to you you know that's a an excellent start as the you know two top receivers um on your team yeah I like uh, Tyreek. I like him especially because he, he's been vindicated of all his charges. So, that means he can focus on football, go through camp, go through preseason. There's nothing to worry about. At first, I was a little leery of him because I actually drafted Adrian Peterson, which Carlos uh, advised me not to do. But I drafted him in two two leagues that year where he got into trouble with his child. So, he ended up <laughs> only playing like maybe – I don't know if he played a game. He might have played two know, games. Man. But – you know, just taking a chance. He went to the Saints, right? Well, I did that too. But I, <laughs> I drafted him when he was with the Vikings and he went through that trouble. Then I remember Ray Rice. So I'm scored, man. Like any guys that's, that's got that lingering trouble cloud over their heads, I usually try to stay away from. But Tyreek Hill, for the first time in years, would probably be somebody that I wouldn't worry about the trouble just because the NFL has stated that they see no wrong. And he has pretty good lawyers that was able to get a recording. They probably recorded today and just act like it was back then when he denied <laughs> when he denied it. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. He's vindicated of all charges, so he's good to go. So I think that he's a great receiver. If you if you are a guy that likes to draft running backs heavy early, I think he'll still be there around the early third round, late second round. Even though I think he should go earlier. Yeah. But you know he'll be there. He's he's one of those receivers that I think will slip down. But yeah. But that's because like of the great said, receivers we yeah. mentioned before. But like y'all said too, man, the offense that he's in with the guy and Patrick Mahomes back there, yeah, that may have the best arm in the league. I mean, which I'll go ahead and say Patrick Mahomes got the best arm in the league. I mean, yeah, I've seen a over over Aaron Rodgers. I think as far I'm talking about as far as like deep, just getting it out there. I think that I think he got a better arm than Aaron Rodgers. I can easily say that. Uh, I, so. I don't know, right? I, I can't, I can't okay, say yeah. that. Okay, I would still say that Aaron Rodgers is the better just like as far as just fully just quarterback, like just full-out talent, accuracy, all that kind of stuff like that. I'm just talking about natural, just raw, like, I mean. You Aaron Rodgers can get it out there too, though. Yeah, I, I just don't think he got and the same. And Ben can get it out there, too. Yeah, I, I, okay, that's neither here nor there. I don't know. My whole thing is that Tyreek Hill with that four two five speed, the way, of course, I mean, he's just going to have some big-time explosive games just from the simple fact that yeah. DB can't stay in you know, Oh, no, you can't. Zone. I mean, you got a, so, you got a dog on there, like, double-team him every time. He has to have somebody over the top. And yeah. even that might be not be enough because he's just so fast and explosive. Yeah, so. So where you at with it? With uh, uh, we six, at six, I have AD man, and we talked about Antonio AD. Brown is six. Rem- Carl, I just oh, not Carlos. I don't even haven't mentioned them. I mean, I, yeah, I like that. But I'm a love this year. No, I'm a love drafting no, this, this year. This I might end up with Antonio Brown as my flex this, this year. This is, this is what you got to think about, bro. As we talk through these positions, even as we talk through running backs, there are there's just legit talent. You think one through six. I mean, okay, I mentioned guys like Julio Jones and Michael Thomas and Odell and D-Hop. To say that, you know, putting them over A.B. is such a, a big crime, I just don't see that, bro. I just feel like all those guys are in kind of somewhat of a closed bubble, and you just got to figure out where you prioritize. Like, even if you do, a lot of people approach their draft by doing tiered rankings, and you have your tier one guys, your tier two this so and that for it on. I just feel like there's a lot of guys that you could even maybe even put in a tier one. To me, this is just a deep year for position. So that's why I don't think like having AB, like for instance, you had AK, Alvin Kamara, like number six or seven against running backs, among running backs. And me and Lowe's value him as like second or third amongst running backs. So it's just like, right. that's give or take in positions, I feel like. All right. So, uh, I mean, that's what you, if that's what you want to go yeah. with, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm just happy that I can get AB as my flex position this year. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> Why <would> you? <laughs> the way y'all talking down on AB. Act like we, he ain't going to be a wide receiver. Man, y'all, y'all, ain't even, y'all ain't even regarding AB, man. Yeah. I just said he number six. Man, so, hey, okay, all right, put it this way. You're not regarding Alvin Kamara then, huh? Since you got him at six or seven among running backs. You ain't really going to AK then. I mean, I'm looking at Los hadn't even mentioned this man yet. AB might not even be in his top 10. No. But, uh, all right, let's move on. 
Okay, so at number seven, I have no other than slept on Michael Evans. Mike Evans. Ooh. Mike Evans. Wow. I'm go- Mike Evans haven't since he's been in the wow. league since 2014. He has not had less than a thousand yards receiving. Quite remarkable. Wow. He's the number one tight tight end in, in Bucking in in, in uh, Tampa wide Bay. What I said. Why did I call him? Well, he's he's just as big as a tight end, but he plays receiver. <laughs> no, but he's the he's the number one targeted receiver in Tampa Bay. He had eight touchdowns last year. That is Jameis Winston's favorite target, who is force fed. He's he's targeted almost 140 times uh, every year since he's been in the league. I mean, do, do I need to say more? I mean, he's a he's a monster. He's a he's a great. Great wide, big, big target, 6'5", which is why I say he's just as big as a tight end. But, you know, he, he's had a pretty good year. I think that last year was one of my years that I really saw him break out. He had some really big games last year. So, I'm thinking that he, you know, he's going to repeat it again this year as he sees. And I think he's one of the more underrated receivers that we have in our league. But I think he's going to show out next year. All right, so for my next one, I have Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, bold prediction, I think Juju Smith-Schuster will outperform um, Antonio Brown next year. Um, and, I mean, I think easily he's going to under uh, outperform him. I mean, there's so many targets opened up in that um, Steelers offense now that so AB is So you're taking Juju in the first round? I'll easily take Juju in the first round. I would like Juju a lot. Um, I had so, Juju last year. He ate for me. Yeah, so I mean, Juju, his first two seasons in the in the league, he's put up seven touchdowns. Last year was his first year going over 100 receptions uh, with 111 receptions. I just think that Juju has that it factor, you know, and he's kind of shown that since he's been in the league, you know, being a second-round pick out of USC. And so I really like Juju, um, and I think Juju is going to be um, that, that target now that Big Ben, you know, force feeds, you know, and – and they developed that chemistry with the back shoulder and things like that. And Juju has shown that with his 97-yard touchdown last year that he even has breakaway speed to take it, you know, all the way if he has to. So I like Juju a lot. You know, I think he's not talked about a lot. Um, and I think a lot of people think – I think Juju has something to prove, you know, with that whole scenario with, you know, Antonio Brown being upset that he was the team's MVP and Antonio Brown talking trash about him going back and forth. I think Juju – He's going to show up this year, you know, and show up big this year. Um, and I think he's going to outperform Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't have much to add. Juju is actually my number seven as well. So, I guess we back on the screen of having the same rankings again, Los. Um, so, basically ditto to everything Los is saying. Like you was mentioning about the chip on his shoulder. I think that's going to even cause him to go to another level. And we know how big Ben Force feeds is his number one target. So, I believe – as you were mentioning, that even that touchdown count that was at seven last year, I think you see that spike and jump into the double digits this year. Um, I think you're going to still see, you're going to see at least 1,400 yards, if not creeping up into that 1,500-yard type of mark. And, I mean, he had 166 targets last year with Antonio Brown also being on that team. So just think now. And they still have other solid, I mean, they have younger receivers around him, but still, Pittsburgh still normally has a way, you know, developing receivers. So I don't feel like it's going to be an instance, too, where he's going to just be facing this double and triple coverage all the time. Um, so I think that, that Juju is in for a monster year. Uh, will be a great grab for somebody. And once again, what, six out of the seven, me and Los got the same guy? Yeah, we know, I already know how this draft going to go. This draft going to be I hope me and Los ain't drafting it around each other. Like, I hope we don't end up oh my God, right next to each other. <laughs> But at number eight, I have Tyreek Hill. We already discussed him. We know yeah. what he means to a team. He's the number one target on a, an explosive offense. I think the number two offense in the league last year. I think the Rams was number one. Los, right? Was the Rams? No, uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs yeah. The Chiefs one. was number one. Okay, yeah. so the number one target on the number one offense from last year. So that speaks for itself. That just tags along with what we discussed earlier. I won't go on about him. Uh, go ahead, Los. Who's your eighth? For my eighth, you know, I'm finally going to slap your boy in here, A.B., you know, just off the pull of his talent and what he's shown in the previous year. We talked about him. So disrespectful. Not much to add. So disrespectful. What are you at with it, Ramon? Oh, at, at eight, I have Tyreek Hill, so we already talked okay. about him. Okay. Um, 
So at nine, I had AJ Green at nine, but but now that he's been injured, I'm gonna slide Juju up. We already discussed what Juju means. I had him last year uh, on my team, and he killed as a number one, uh, quote unquote, number two receiver on the team under AB. But he ate. Um, yeah. He ate a lot. I mean, he gave me a lot of twenty point games. He gave me a lot of. Uh, of yards and receptions and a lot of points and some some games he I found him carrying my team so you know now that he's the number one target in in the Pittsburgh and we know what they've done like you mentioned yesterday Ramon what they did for Mike Wallace what yeah. I mentioned what they did with Randall L what they've done with yeah. the Hines Ward, Hines Ward. I mean come Emmanuel on Sanders. Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders. yeah the other boy was Martavis Bryant Martavis Bryant yeah yeah. Like, yeah they they do well with wide receivers and running back that's why I think James Washington is gonna be good this year mm-hmm. yeah. which could be a sneaky sneaky right. sneaky pick and we're gonna mention sleepers it probably won't be this episode yeah, I mean. Would. Okay, go ahead. Uh, we on. Um, I said my nine. Yeah, that was my nine. Okay, you go ahead, Los Nine. So my nine, I'm gonna go ahead with uh, Mike Evans. I like Mike Evans a lot this year. Yeah, um, I like I him a Bruce, lot. With Bruce Aarons coming over now, um, you know we've seen Bruce Aarons be efficient. You know we've seen his offense be creative. I think with Deshaun Jackson now and back in Philly, you know that opens up some targets. Um, I think they're going to be a pass-heavy team. They don't have a clear-cut running back with their on their team where they can pretty much pound it um, in Tampa. So I think they're going to be a pass-heavy team. Yeah, yeah, extra pause. But I think he, uh, I think Mike Evans is going to be special, and I think he can, he's a dark horse to lead the league in touchdowns this year. You know, and so um, I like him um, at that nine spot. Uh, my number nine. At that nine, what? <laughs> 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 my, my my number nine, man, uh, I think this guy is routinely slept on. I think coming into every year, pretty much, he slept on. Uh, I have Adam Thielen at number nine. I knew he was going to say that. Yeah, Adam Thielen. He uh, loved him some Thielen. Yeah, bro. man, over 100, over 100 receptions, uh, with 113 receptions, close to that 1,400-yard mark. Uh, with nine touchdowns. Your vanilla yeah. brother. Yeah, <laughs> he had 153 targets last year, and I just think that he's a guy that's he's really consistent for you week in and week out. Yeah, like, he I is. had yeah. Adam Thielen on my team, and he's just going to be that guy that's going to be steady each and every week. He's going to have a week here and there where he, like, blows up, but the thing about it, his floor is one of the highest floors. So but you don't have Mike like, Evans on your list. No. How? I, I, I'm just... I got scarred by Mike Evans. I, I had Mike <laughs> Evans on my team one year. You know how it is sometimes. Yeah, you, you get scarred. Guy, you get scarred by Man, Mike Evans is nice, bro. I had him on, on my team one of his unproductive Yeah, that, it's that year where he only had like three touchdowns. Yeah, and I think I went kind of high on Mike Watch Evans. Watch Mike Evans be on his team this year. He loved Mike Evans this year. I, like, I, like, I mean, he, yeah, he had three touchdowns one year. He had five. Yeah, so. But he, I mean, he eight, 12, and 12. He yeah. had two seasons of 12 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of talent out there. But like I said, I I think that Adam Thielen really honestly gets slept on, man. So that that's my. Oh, I am guy. tripping. No, I am looking at college stats. <laughs> you all over the place. Am right? I? No, I'm not. No, I'm not looking at. I'm tripping. No, no not with all them years. No, no, I'm not looking at college stats. I was like, because you know you went to Texas A&M and it's like T A M. Like, am I looking at Texas? Yeah. But it's Tam Tampa. Yeah. That's trash. So, but anyway, Adam Thielen's gonna eat. This okay, show. and I got Adam Thielen in my tenth spot, so I do regard him as a only one spot away from you, Ramon. Is a top ten wide receiver PPR option. I, I mean, Stephon Diggs, he's the flashy guy, but Adam Thielen is the is to me the number one target out there. You know, and Rudolph maybe, you know, could be an argument for the for the number one target out there. But Adam Thielen to me, when I watch him on film, I mean, just the way he runs routes. Yes. You know, the way that he, he doesn't cut any corners. He's always going hardcore, full speed. He has great hands. You know, he he's – he's why are you worried about putting a double team on Stephon Diggs or putting somebody over the top? Adam Thielen is going to eat your, eat your slot corner for lunch. And I'm speaking from, from my heart because I'm thinking about the game where he ate P.J. Williams up, ate him up. You know, so if you think you're going to put a third corner or your slot corner on him or your nickel corner on him – He's gonna eat. So, and there's no way you could double team both Thielen and and, and Stephon. So I, I like him at that tenth spot. I do think that he's a ten. You know, even though he's the last on my rankings, you know, keep in mind he's a. I regard him as a top ten fantasy football PPR option for you. So that leaves you, Lowe's number ten. Yeah. 
So for my 10th spot, I'm going to go with Amari Cooper. I like uh, Amari Cooper in the new offense. You know, he's shown that he's actually can be productive um, and with with Dallas, you know. Um, I know a lot of people weren't uh, fond of that move and didn't think it would work out because they're a run-heavy team. But I think Amari Cooper showed last year towards the end of the season, this last half of the season, that he can be that number one receiver and that he wasn't washed and that, you know, maybe Oakland didn't know what they were doing, uh, clearly. So, again, I like them. Um, I like him a lot. I think he's he's another one that could uh, lead his team, lead the league in receptions this year. Um, you know, especially with the Zeke situation. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it finishes up with me for our wide receiver rankings. Um, I'm definitely gonna seem like a homer on this pick, uh, but at the ten slide, I have my boy T.Y. Hilton uh, from the Colts. Um, I, I think that what. <laughs> Get out of here. Over Mike Evans. Oh, man. I'm not letting you get this off without hearing it from me, bro. That is the most biased, most biased pick in life. Hey, hey my boy T.Y. Is, is going to eat. Uh, he's going to be famous. Did he, finish, did he finish last season? Hmm? Was he healthy? Uh, he, okay, so he had ankle issues. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, what about the year before? He had 14 games. What about he, he played all 16 the year before, and the year before that, he played all 16. Uh, and the year before that, he, he played 15. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, it's not like, I think like his his injury situation sometimes gets a, a little bit over. I had him on my team, bro. He got hurt like when I really needed him, bro. He was yeah, eating when I, I had him. but So, but see, you got scarred by that. You said he was eating when you had him, but you got scarred. Because he got yeah. the same thing with me with Mike Evans. But I that, got that, scarred by having Mike Evans on my team when I really like. I think I, I'm trying to see if Mike Evans might have been. He was definitely my wide receiver one that year. Like he was my first or second round pick that year. Uh, so I got I just got scarred by that with Mike Evans. So I mean I, I may be a little bit biased in putting Ty with Mike Evans, but I really think that Ty is in for a big season. I think he's going to face single coverage all year, too. It's not going to be a situation where he has to be double covered. We have two outstanding tight ends in, in Ebron and Jack Doyle, but the thing about it, too, I think y'all probably going to laugh at it, but I think people are going to sleep on the, the Devin Funches signing. I think that Devin Funches is going to be another good uh, valuable target out there. And Andrew Luck is now another year removed from those injury problems. Yeah, he so had a good year last year. To be pretty much peak Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck really loves going down the field to T.Y. Hilton. So uh, that might be somewhat of a homer pick right there, but I had to slide my boy. And I, I don't think it's too much of a reach to have him at 10. No, I agree with that. I don't think he, he's that's too much of a homer pick, but I just don't think he's top 10 worthy. Mm-hmm. I can understand that somebody just said he was like a top 15 guy, but, you know, I, I have him at the 10 slot. That's why I got him. Yeah, I like Cooper over him, and I like Evans over him. So, essentially, what you're saying is you think he's going to have more fantasy points than those two guys. Uh, Cooper, yes. Evans, I'm, I'm, it's a toss-up right there, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say yes. Wow. What? Yeah. Okay. Wow. I ain't mad at it. So, I mean, that wraps up uh, top ten. Yeah, top ten. I was gonna try to go into another position, but we yeah. we might as well hit well, hit up. How many did we have the same? Like, was it seven or eight? Was it? It was at least six. Eight. I think eight out of ten were the same. Right. We had a couple swap. I think we had A B and Tyreek Hill swap. Yeah, that was it. Was ridiculous. I, I every time you would say it was, I was like, damn, I think I'm finally gonna get to one that I'm gonna have different. I have like <laughs> like the first one on this guy, and it's like, oh yeah, three. I got Devontae Adams. Oh, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, that's why I say um, we find out our positions and our draft and our keeper league here soon. As soon as we get everyone's paid money, I just hope that I know what near neither one of you guys because again, you know, especially giving up these rankings and you guys knowing how I'm thinking, you know, I don't want it. I don't want to have to deal with it. Well, the thing about it though, I mean, we all we all kind of think alike because we're savvy players. So even I'm so savvy that I already know what savvy players are gonna do at what spot. So. It really don't matter, honestly. If you know how to play, you know how to play. Yeah. But, yeah, man, it's going to be an interesting year. I'm going to save the listeners, let them digest this. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll discuss quarterbacks. I think quarterbacks and tight ends will go a little faster next episode. So maybe we'll be able to squeeze in quarterbacks and tight end rankings in the same episode. But for now, I hope you digest that. 
Let us know what you think on Twitter and IG. O underscore Benchwarmers is the tag handle. Uh, subscribe to us on Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes, which uh, they have. For people that don't know, it amazes me that you have. I've talked to plenty of people about subscribing to our podcast, correct? And I say, look, you know, you know, how can I listen to it? I was like, you can listen to it on Apple. What, Apple Music? No, not Apple Music. There's a purple app looking app on your phone. I don't know. Let me see what it looks like. It's it's purple though. And it says podcast. It looks like a like a little person with circles around it. You hit that out and you search us opinionated bench warmers and you'll find us and subscribe that way. So yes, there is a whole app on your iPhone devoted to podcasts and we're a part of it. So if you have an iPhone, pull it out right now and just search that the find that purple app, search it and You'll find us, Opinionated Bench Warmers, and that's how it goes. Show us some love. Leave a review, five stars, and digest that fantasy football content that we just dropped. All right? So, I think that's about it. Until uh, next time, we got the, we're going to have those quarterback rankings coming at you, tight end rankings coming at you. Then we're going to find some other interesting topics to talk about. But until next time, peace.